Welcome to the Dog Lovers Club podcast. My name is Christine and my company is the Puppy Care Company. I'm a certified dog trainer specializing with puppies and recall training. In this episode, we talk about canine body language. We dispelled some myths. We offered ideas on how to interpret what our dogs might be saying and shared how you can build your bond and level of trust by taking the time to understand and listen to canine body language. A reminder that you can find the links that we shared in the Clubhouse app. If you don't want to join the Clubhouse app, you can head over to joindogloversclub.com to reach out to us. Enjoy the conversation with Kylie Campbell and Sarah Miles. Okay, thanks for joining us. We are in the Dog Lovers Club. All of the rooms in this club are hosted by pet professionals who stay current in their field and rely on the scientific method. We have a team of trainers, behavior specialists, veterinarians, fitness, sport, nutrition, grief experts, and more. If you're listening to the replay and have additional questions, you can reach out to any of the Dog Lovers Club co-hosts by clicking on their avatar if you're here in Clubhouse, or you can go to joindogloversclub.com to find their contact information for all of the moderators. Our mission is to work together to advocate for dogs everywhere. Thanks for listening and joining in on the conversations. Our co-hosts will share for the first half and then we'll invite anyone who wants to participate to come on stage to ask questions or add to the conversation. Our topic today is body language. Our dogs are very generous and pay attention to our body language. They know what we are saying much better than we know what they are saying. As you take a little bit of time to learn their language, we think you'll be surprised and amazed at how much communication between you will improve. I think all of the co-hosts today can recall how powerful this information was the first time we learned about what the signals can indicate. I was thinking about that just before I joined, and I'm wondering if you guys can just maybe speak to that a little bit when you first start chatting. Like when I first learned about um, shake-offs and lip licks, I was just like mind blown (laughs) by something so simple. And um, let me go ahead and do a little bit of an introduction to our two co-hosts today. And I'll start with myself. If you're new to the rooms here, my name's Christine Young and my company is The Puppy Care Company. I'm a certified trainer specializing with puppies and recall. And today we have Kylie Campbell, who's also a certified trainer, and she is fear-free certified. Some of her work focuses on helping clients reduce or eliminate fear, anxiety, and stress. And our previous room with Sarah and Kylie has a lot of information about that. And Sarah is a certified trainer who also has 10 years of experience in the shelter world. And when they start chatting, I would love for them to share a little bit more about themselves and their specialties and the dogs they love to work with. Kylie, would you like to get us started? Yeah, definitely. So hello, everyone. Thank you all for being here. Um, I am Kylie, as Christine said, I'm the owner of Art of Behavior Animal Training. I have been working with dogs for going on 11 years now. Um, And I really, really love working with dogs, helping them build their uh, confidence and reduce their fear. Like Christine said, reducing their fear, anxiety, and stress as much as possible has been one of my biggest passions, mostly due to this orange pup in my profile picture. 
She is um, the first dog I adopted as an adult. I had no business adopting her. I had no idea what I was doing, but she is the reason that I got into this and have such a passion for helping dogs build confidence and um, just learning how to exist harmoniously in our very confusing human world. Um, and I, in addition to training um, dogs, I also specialize in training pigs, which I don't think I mentioned in our last call, um, but same sort of idea there, helping both species um, work through fears and just learn how to live in our strange world and how to help the human half um, really just help their animals um, exist harmoniously in our lives. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited to be talking about this topic today. I uh, was looking over some of my notes too, and I'm trying to get it down to a succinct few topics, but it's such a big topic. There's so much we can talk about. So anyways, on to you, Sarah. Thank you. Yes, we have a lot to talk about today and we'll, we'll probably get through all of it, but <laughs> hopefully. Um, I am uh, Sarah with Smiles Dog Training. I'm, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and I love working with dogs with uh, fearfulness, reactivity, aggression. That's my specialty. And I am also fear-free certified. Um, so we're in the same boat on that, Kylie. <laughs> and I just, um, I, I love working with clients in person, virtually. Uh, I've got some online courses. I just want to get people the information and I want to help them with their dogs. It's so rewarding to change that, that relationship for the better increase that bond and i'm so happy to do things like this because i think we get to to meet so many people through opportunities like this i see uh from our last show i see laura in the audience so i hope you'll come up to the stage today and, and share some more about how things are going with mika um yeah so i'm i'm ready to get get started if you guys are <laughs> that would be great Awesome. So um, Kylie and I had talked a little bit about, um, you know, there's a lot to cover with body language, not only with a dog's body language, but also a human body language. Uh, so I'd love to jump into some of those kind of the where we get our wires crossed. There's some some misunderstandings and, and things like that. So one of the, the things that we talked about was this concept of like a guilty look. And I'm sure everybody's seen the memes of um, their dog has done something and now they're, they've got a sign in front of them and they're, they're kind of hanging their, their head low. Um, and I think, unfortunately, it's so such a popular meme now. And really, I'd love to break it down that, you know, it, it, when our dogs are doing that, one, they're, they're responding to the way that we're interacting with them, um, you know, so that we're probably mad about our, shoe, our shoes getting chewed up or something like that. And so we're our tone is is hard and and short and our we're making a lot of eye contact with them a hard stare we're probably raising our voice and maybe even acting erratically because we're waving things in the air or whatever that may be and for our dogs our dogs are going oh my goodness what is going on with my pa my parent they they seem really upset i feel not great about this situation and so we start to see those ears go down um, we might see the whites of their eyes they're looking up at us they're maybe kind of making themselves smaller and for them they're just trying to understand they're trying to um, you know not be the cause of all of this that they're seeing in front of them and it, it has much less to do with them actually connecting 
the dots in terms of them doing something that was probably completely appropriate as a dog, you know, to chew on something or dig up the yard or any of those things. Those are all very normal dog behaviors that we just don't like. Um, and so they're, they're not connecting that thing that they did, you know, an hour and a half ago that was totally normal for them with the way that we're acting now right in front of them. So it's not really about guilt. It's about just being concerned about what's happening and trying to, to keep themselves safe and, you know, not be a re part of the reason why this is happening. Um, so I, that's my kind of, if we're going to bust some myths today, that's the one that I want to bust. <laughs> Kylie, do you have anything to chime in on there? Um, I mean, you covered that guilty look pretty well. It is definitely one of the more common um, uh, misunderstood behaviors, definitely cross wires between human and dog. And that's probably one of the biggest, um, oh, I don't know if I would say issues between dogs and people, but it's one of the things that if we could understand our dog's body language better, we could avoid so, so, so many issues, so many misunderstandings. And it really just comes down to, I mean, we're, we're just different species. That's, all, that's really all there is to it. So dogs are doing what dogs do and we humans are behaving the way we humans do. And it just, things get a little bit muddy as far as communication. Um, but yeah, the guilty look for sure is one that I really wish, I hope that we can maybe over the next few years in the, in this dog pet care world, we can, um, debunk it more widely because it is such a bummer. And especially since the memes took off, um, people really like enjoy doing this, but for us that, you know, we have the trained eye, all I'm seeing is a dog that is afraid of their human, which is really unfortunate because we you know, always aspire as dog trainers to build the relationship and build the trust between human and dog. And when we're doing behaviors that prompt these behaviors from our dog, it really is sort of breaking down that, that relationship and trust between the two. Absolutely. Oh, Christine, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to um, reiterate the, the different memes where the, um, in social media, there's all different versions of um, the human saying, my dog knows that they did wrong. And the whole, um, uh, this thought that our dog knows that they did wrong compared to understanding that they're just afraid that you're upset with them is something that um, all of the body language that Kylie and Shara are going to share with us today, I think, uh, like, it, it can be hard at first to be like, oh my goodness, I, I understand now. And um, once we understand, we can understand how to, um, what to do when we come home and the dog's gotten into the trash. So maybe talk a little bit about that rather than getting upset with our dogs for getting into the trash, have some ideas of what to do. And before you guys jump into that, you guys sent me so many awesome links today, so make sure I'm attaching the right ones where this was the one that you attached to it, Kylie, I think. So if you want to elaborate on this after chatting about um, what to do when someone thinks their dog is guilty. Yeah, I'll jump in first, Sarah, if that's okay. Um, so if we, let's say we come home and our dog has... Um, really entertain themselves getting into the trash can and there's trash strewn about the, the home. Uh, I try to stay neutral as much as we can uh, because 
anything that is, you know, even some dogs are quite sensitive. If you come home and you're understandably upset and you like let out a big exasperated sigh, you're like, oh my gosh, again, even something like that, a very sensitive dog. I mean, I think many dogs actually could perceive that as a bit of a punishment. So trying to stay neutral and um, just trying to approach it like <laughs> this isn't necessarily the dog's fault, right? We're the humans in the equation. We are technically the quote, more intelligent species of the two. So it's really that that responsibility is on us to set our dogs up for success, which also sets ourselves up for success, which maybe means we put the trash bin behind a cabinet or maybe we put the baby locks on it or something like that to prevent it in the future. But trying to stay neutral as much as possible when you come home. Sometimes I'll even like when my dog was in her teenage years, she would do things like this. And instead of, um, you know, I there's only so much I can do when I am upset too. So I would say, that I was upset, but I said it in the fun tone. So she didn't really know. So I'm still getting to express my emotions a bit, but I'm saying it like, oh my goodness, Maggie, did we get into the trash again? Yep. I left the trash lid off. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so frustrated. This is so frustrating. But I'm saying it in those tones that our dog, she might not even know what, you know, she doesn't know the words that I'm saying. She doesn't have any moral attachments to what I'm saying. I'm getting to express that I was a little frustrated, but I'm doing it in a way that isn't damaging to our relationship or her trust. I hope that makes sense. That was great. Did you want to add to that, Sarah? Yeah, I was going to um, just add as well, you know, our, our behavior influences our dog's behavior. And so in that regard, you know, I bet there's a lot of folks who were listening to this and they're like, Oh, but they know because whenever I leave, they go and they get those shoes or, you know, I, when I'm on the phone, my dog starts to tug at the couch and what, what is really going on there rather than, oh, they know that they're doing something they're not supposed to, they're going to be doing things that get them their needs met. Um, you know, if they're trying to engage with you and they sit lovingly in front of you, looking at you so perfectly, but you don't notice that and you don't respond to that and you continue to be on the phone or you're watching TV or anything like that, but then they go and grab something that you don't want them to have and now suddenly you're interacting with them and it, maybe it's not positive, but you're, you're doing the thing that they were trying to get you to do then you're actually giving them information that that's the right thing to do when they want your attention. And that will then repeat over and over going forward, you know? So again, kind of having that neutral response when something like this happens and thinking about, okay, why, why did this happen? What can I do differently in the future? So that either that needs already met. So they don't even think, you know, if they are chewing on stuff, I don't want them to, I give them something to chew on well before they need it. And then they don't have to seek out that need. Um, so really thinking about how we set up for success and, and, uh, and make sure our dog's needs are met, whether that's because they needed to go outside to go to the bathroom or they're hungry or they need to go run around you know, making sure we meet those needs and really thinking about how our, our behavior and body language can influence our dogs just as much as theirs influences us, I think is really, really important to mention too. I love that. And we've gone on for a while about this first topic and I, I'll let you guys just run with the plan. So we do try to fit everything in today, but the last thing I want to share about this, cause it is such a I'm with you, Sarah. Such an important myth to bust if we can start there. And my dog Pico is one of those super sensitive dogs. So the few times that I have expressed frustration at him, um, 
short version being that he has food fluency and doesn't take food unless cued. And last summer he did one time and I was about 15 or 20 feet away. And I, I was like, Oh my God. And I was so disappointed. I wasn't even, I wasn't even 15 feet near him, but I was just so shocked and disappointed. And he shut down. He was scared of me. He, uh, he didn't know what he did wrong. And it was such a good lesson to me because I, um, you know, it was all, it's, it's my fault that it happened. And I just wanted to share how these things that we do that we not, if we're new to learning all this stuff and we don't understand how it can affect our dog, the good side of it is as we learn the body language of our dog and as we learn their sensitivity level, that dog that is, um, was snuggly and isn't anymore might become snuggly again because of the bond and trust that you can build back as you understand the body language. So I thought I'd just touch on that and again, give you guys back the agenda so that we can keep getting through stuff. But I just really appreciate that we're diving into the details of this so that we can help people understand. Absolutely. And and yes, body language on both sides is, is a big topic that we could probably talk about for hours. So we'll, we'll move on to some other ones. Um, and then obviously when we get to our, our questions from the audience, um, that'll also, I'm sure, open up a lot more. So the next one that I wanted to talk about was eye contact. And I think this is a really, really important one to talk about because, you know, at least in the U.S., eye contact between humans is really important when engaging, when asking for things. Um, so we seem to really like to train that in our dogs as well. <laughs> that, you know, look at me, focus. Um, and, and just in general, when we're interacting with our dogs, we're looking at them and we're looking into their eyes. Um, but for maybe for dogs who are maybe new to you or they don't have a good history with that because maybe that eye contact also happened when you were very animated and upset about things that they've done, um, that's going to be definitely a point of conflict because between dogs, eye contact and sustained eye contact especially is actually a uh, signal of conflict. It is something that dogs do when they are uncomfortable with another dog and potentially going to escalate their behavior. Um, so in general, when you're seeing dogs that are friendly, they're, they're looking at each other and then they're looking away and then they're looking, or maybe they're kind of looking out of the, the side of their eye and then they're moving on to other things. Uh, they don't hold that eye contact for long periods of time. So um, that one is one that I would love to see change as well for people when they're interacting with their dogs. So take lots of breaks with that eye contact. And also, you know, if, if you're going to want that from your dog, training it in a really positive way with lots of fun, it means good things. That's really, really important instead of just having kind of this expectation that our dog should do it because it's a very different uh, thing for our dogs to do that with us than what they do with other dogs. Kylie, do you want to add yeah, anything else to that? <laughs> so just to build on it, and I wanted to touch on the link that Christine put up, um, the How to Breed a Dog link. So there are a lot of good examples listed on this graphic where the human is doing really normal human behaviors, but a dog interprets so many of our normal human behaviors, um, like Sarah said, as a little um, uncomfortable or threatening or potentially even aggressive. So eye contact definitely um, when we 
as humans, you know, when we're greeting someone, we approach them, we're front facing, we reach into their space for a handshake or to embrace and a hug. Um, all of those things that we do to our dogs because we love and adore them, our dogs very often are interpreting as uh, intimidating or threatening, or even just, you know, the minimum of like discomfort, but obviously we don't want our dogs to be discomfort when we're trying to seek them out to love on them. Um, so anyways, I wanted to touch on that graphic because there are those examples listed as well as some um, alternatives for what are more appropriate ways to interact with a dog that um, are a little more suitable for their type of communication. And Kylie, I also added in Lily Chins, where that variety of different graphics that everyone can grab. Yes. So if anyone is curious, definitely go to this link. There are a lot of uh, free resources to download, lots of great examples that are similar to the one that we just linked a moment ago. Um, and if you are you know, new to learning about body language for your dog, I highly recommend any of Lili Chen's resources. This is a great link for free resources, but she also has a really great book. Um, I cannot recommend that enough. I wish that I had that 10 years ago when I was first starting to learn about dog body language. It's really, um, really digestible information the way she presents it. Absolutely. I love all of her, um, all of her resources that she's made. She's very uh, prolific in, in the art that she's done to help us understand animals and not just dogs, but she's got um, cat body language, hedgehog body language. She's got, she's got a lot of good stuff on there. So I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, so, so in terms of, you know, greeting dogs, uh, another thing that I, I see a lot of, and I'd really like to talk a bit more about when people go to interact with dogs, um, especially dogs that are new to you, it, when dogs roll kind of on their back and they show their belly, uh, that can be actually a couple of different things. And I think everybody kind of sees that and they're like, oh, let's, you know, this dog totally wants a belly rub. And there's kind of, there's, there's a few things that you should be looking at beyond the fact that they've kind of moved into this position to really understand if they're excited about having you touch them or not. Um, so I, I, because it can be for a lot of dogs kind of this more, I don't want, I'm not here to get in any sort of conflict with you. Uh, I am trying to make this conflict that I'm feeling go away. So I'm showing you that I'm not uh, gonna be a problem. And then what, what do we do? We go, okay, cool, I'm gonna touch you now. <laughs> so so when we're seeing dogs that do that, especially dogs that we don't know, right? Because there, there can be our dogs, they may just have kind of a learning history with us that, okay, this is how they like to give me attention and I'm comfortable with it, so I'm gonna do this thing where they rub my belly. Um, some dogs really like it, but there are a lot of dogs that do this and they're very tense and they're, they kind of have their, their legs are tucked towards them instead of just like loose and hanging out. Um, and they're probably may, not looking at you. Their body is, is just tight all over. And um, they might be doing those lip licks that Christine mentioned, um, which can just be kind of these little flicks of the tongue. If we're seeing body language like that, the dog's probably not interested in having that, um, that belly rub from us. So that's another one that I see a lot of people get mixed up. Kylie, any comments on that? 
Um, maybe we could list a few other behaviors like that. So for anyone unfamiliar, these are classified as appeasement behaviors and or displacement behaviors. So appeasement specifically meaning that it's a behavior the dog is doing that is seeking to sort of neutralize whatever the intimidating thing is on the other end. And a displacement behavior could be a behavior that is um, a stress response as well. A lot of the time it's something similar to like a lip lick or it could be a big shake off. Um, it's a behavior that is a normal dog behavior that we're seeing somewhat out of context. Um, so it's really good to keep those on the radar so we can sort of assess our dog's stress levels in given situations. So uh, maybe Sarah, we could, we could list off a few more of those examples before we do the Q&A. Yes, yawning is another one. That was one when I was teaching my volunteers at the shelter. Um, that was a big one that people are like, oh, they're not just tired. No, that can be a way that dogs, you know, uh, process stress, release stress, try to say, hey, I'm just over here doing my thing. I'm not trying to be in conflict. I'm going to do a little yawn to make that really obvious to you. Um, and often, you know, when they do that yawn, you, you hear that little bit of a whine too. Um, so if the dog has just, you know, again, this is out of context, right? If the dog has already been sleeping for a while, they wake up and then something stressful happens and they yawn, you know, okay, this is out of context. That's not something I need to worry about. Um, so it is something that I need to worry about because it's out of context. So uh, yawning is definitely one of them. Um, lip licks, shake offs, sniffing, that can be another one. Dogs that are trying to um, help other dogs know that nothing is going on or they're trying to disengage with a, a situation of conflict with humans starting to sniff the ground or explore items nearby, um, which also is why I love Snafari so much because it's an easy way to help fearful and reactive dogs engage with their environment more and get that stress relief that sniffing can provide. Um, so that's a couple more. Kylie, you have other ones that you're thinking of? Oh, those were some good ones. Um, I don't know if I have any major ones that I wanted to list in addition to those. Um, yeah, I think those were, yeah, those were some good ones. I do want to say that just to help, um, our human listeners understand this, I often use an analogy that a lot of these behaviors are similar to when, uh, we are a little bit stressed and, um, let's say that we are on a crosswalk and a bicyclist almost hits us. We might take a big exhale, like, Oh my gosh, that was a close call. We might even do like a big shrug with our arms or shake some nerves out of our hands. I kind of think it's a bit like that when our dogs are doing some of these behaviors, it's just this nice, um, diffusion of stress that we're getting out of our bodies. And I just wanted to jump in to give examples too, of like the yawning that Sarah talked about, um, Pico will yawn all the time if I take too long to take his photo. I love taking photos of all dogs. And if I'm taking too long to take his photo, um, he's le he lets me know. And I won't make him stay in the position with just the right angle um, because I know he's not thrilled about it. And I can treat train. And if I really want to get the photo, I can make sure that I'm doing it in such a way that it's not so stressful for him. And I do have a few more on my list, but I know you guys have your list for different ones that you want to talk about. Do you want me to throw a few more in there or wait till you guys maybe talk about them? Absolutely. Throw them at us. Okay. Um, simple as looking away, half moon eyes or whale eyes, ears pinned back, 
um, the tail tucked under, the tail wagging straight up. Um, the, the tail wagging straight up in particular, I think, is one that's confusing for people. Absolutely. That, is, you know, I, I do work with a lot of folks who they're seeing these, uh, you know, on the front half of the dog, they're seeing some behaviors that are maybe concerning or they're not, they're not feeling great about them. But that tail's up and it's moving back and forth, so it, everything must be okay, right? <laughs> not necessarily. Um, so when we're looking at that tail, the tail does a lot of things. Um, and when our dogs are really, really happy, you know, then we're gonna see this just loose, joyous, sweeping and, and, and loose tail. Uh, we might even see that helicopter tail. If you've never seen a helicopter tail, it's adorable. And all of my favorite pitties seem to know about it. So it's where it just spins in a circle, one big circle. Um, so when we see these those types of tails, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. But when I see a tail that's up, but it's not moving or it's slowly kind of flagging back and forth. Maybe it moves a couple of times and then it stops again and then it moves a couple of times and stops again. These are things that tell me the dog is thinking about things, concerned about things, processing things, and I need to look at the rest of that body and say, okay, what other things am I seeing on this body to help me understand what this dog is thinking? Um, so a, a tail wag is not a guarantee and I will say for all of these different things that we're talking about, we have to look at different parts of the dog almost at the same time, which can be very hard for a lot of folks. It does take skill, but no one piece of our dog is gonna be a, oh, I see this one thing, so it must be feeling this. You wanna be looking at all of the dog, all of their body from, from their nose to the tip of their tail to really figure out, okay, what am I seeing here? Kylie, do you want to add in on the tail at all? Oh, no, that was great. That was one that I was going to mention, too. And so I'm really happy that you touched on that. Um, one other one I wanted to talk about, too. I, I think Chrissy might have mentioned something with the eyes. I can't remember who, who mentioned this one. Um, but there is, of course, averted eye contact, looking away, turning the head away. But also, if our dog's eyes are getting, um, especially if it's paired with, um, what we might call a smile. So it looks like our dog is showing their teeth and smiling at us. Sometimes it can even look like um, your dog is snarling, but it, it's just a little bit different. Um, it's just the lips have come up to expose the teeth and the eyes might get a little bit squinty, um, which is definitely an appeasement. It's look how non-threatening I am. Please don't hurt me kind of look. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw one more thing too on the tail because there are some dogs whose tails just are naturally up all of the time thinking, you know, of huskies and, and the like. And so you, you really, with dogs, want to be looking at the base of their tail. That's going to tell you a lot about its position just in case their, their breed phenotype is <laughs> maybe hiding some truths. Uh, if you look at the base of that tail, uh, even dogs that have that high loop over their back, so that tail's always, always seems like it's up. If you look at the base of the tail and that base is down, um, then we really want to be paying attention to that as opposed to, you know, straight out kind of in line with a spine or up in the air um, for that high tail. The, the base of the tail can tell you a lot, even if the rest of the tail is maybe um, telling you something different. So, um, yeah, it's really a, it's like a, a big difference between just stiff versus loose. 
um, so stiff, rigid, almost jolty wag movements back and forth versus, like you said earlier, the loose, like jello. I don't know how else to say it, but like I think loosey goosey, just so fluid and um, floppy tail. Even for the ones that do come up, um, we can we can be able to tell if it's more rigid versus loose. Absolutely. And and loose versus rigid is a great way to kind of look at the whole dog too. Um, you know, if their mouth is really tight, then we're, that we're, we know that they're concerned about something versus a, just a loose tongue kind of hanging out um, mouth. If their ears are, you know, tight and pinned back to their head versus, you know, floppy or just up in the air like they normally are when they're super relaxed. Uh, their, their entire body frame, if that's tight, rigid, then they're concerned, scared, uh, fearful, uh, worried about things. And then of course that tail, same thing. So, so really looking at that whole body can be, uh, really, really important. And I, when you said, you know, the squinty eyes, I always think about the, the very fearful chihuahuas that would come into the shelter and we called them, you know, chihuahua bedroom eyes, but we also knew that meant that they were very scared <laughs> and they were, they were hoping that we were not going to do anything scary uh, with them because that's just uh, uh, definitely something there. It's kind of like, if I, if I don't see you, you're not here, right? <laughs> so we definitely want to keep an eye on that. And Sarah, I just want to jump in to remind you, we were going to review the Instagram meme from the vet. So whenever you want me to post that, and I, you guys gave me so many links, so I'm randomly posting them. So we get them all in for everybody. Um, but you guys know the best order. So just keep letting me know how you want to flow here. Yes, I would love if you posted. I, I honestly completely forgot about the, the vet one. So if you could post that now for folks to to have access to, because I think this is one of the, the toughest things for a, a lot of folks is, um, especially when they're hiring trainers or they're trying to you know give information about their dog. Um, and we say, okay, how is your dog at the vet? A lot of folks who are coming to me with fearful, shy, reactive, aggressive dogs say, well, the vet, they're fine. Um, and what usually I hear is that the dog is very still. They're not doing a whole lot. Uh, and the, the vet care team is able to proceed with the things that they were planning on doing. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the dog's fine. And so this, uh, this video that Christine is sharing does a really good job of breaking down that body language. Um, the things that, you know, a dog who's being very still, their body is very rigid and tight. Uh, we're seeing things, you know, the ears positioning, the way that the mouth is being held closed. Uh, these all, all, are things that we should be concerned with if we're seeing this from our dog. Our vet care team should be concerned with if they're seeing this. And again, it's the vet's, vet care team's responsibility to make sure that your dog is, is staying healthy, getting that blood work, getting um, those shots. So they're there to do that job. And that's why Christine shared the fear-free pets, which I absolutely love uh, vet practices and, and practitioners getting certified in fear-free methods to help our dogs not feel this way at the vet and still be able to get the care that they need. Um, so both of those links are, are really important. I highly recommend it. Um, and, and definitely just knowing your dog and what at home, I'm happy, everything feels good. And so you see that loose body, knowing what that looks like for your dog 
and then looking at these other situations that they're in, whether it's the vet or the groomer or when they're meeting people at the park or interacting with other dogs, these are all places that we should be watching for those changes in body language to know when our dog is, is doing well and feeling comfortable and when they're not. Kylie, you want to jump in? <laughs> Sorry. Christine? Kathy, feel free to jump in too, but the one thing I, with sharing this link, I want to make sure that we point out that this vet has, this veterinarian has all the best intentions and he specializes in medicine and not behavior. And this is one of many videos that trainers have kind of ganged up on to share everything that the vet's doing wrong from a behavior perspective. And I, I really hope that um, with this vet in particular and other vets who are watching it, that maybe some changes can happen because the people who study behavior are pointing out a different approach because to me this vet has all the desire time and energy to do the right thing but he's not and and many people who don't understand behavior make the mistake of approaching things from a place that your intention's great but without understanding what that animal needs you could be making it worse and so i just really appreciate that many trainers have taken this video in particular and really shown what would be helpful and what isn't going well. And even if your vet isn't fear-free certified, there is a lot of vets who understand and might have a different certification or might have done some classes with fear-free to start understanding or just have that approach. They don't necessarily need to be fear-free certified because where I live, there's two or three vets that are fear-free certified and there is hundreds and hundreds of vets in this area. And I know more than two or three are really good with paying attention to how to approach the dogs with behavior issues. Kylie, did you want to share on it? Yeah. I just wanted to touch a little bit on um, what Sarah mentioned earlier when folks say, Oh, but my dog is so great at the vet. And the reality is that their dog is a little bit shut down because they're just a little frozen in fear. A lot of the time, this is where the quote bites out of the blue happen. Our dog has given us so many um, messages. They've commuted in so many ways up until that point of the bite, but we have missed them. So um, a little bit of in what that um, dog was showing in the vet video, you know, Bunched, bunched up into the corner, the weight was a little bit lower, the head and the shoulders were a little bit lower, the ears were pinned back, um, the mouth was clamped really shut, there was a lot of side eye. When we see that where the dog is really stiff and really the only thing that's moving is their eyes are just kind of watching whatever it is that's moving, that's a pretty good sign that if something happens or if things continue to happen that make this dog uncomfortable, that a bite is likely to happen. So I just wanted to touch on that really quick that we do that's so common to see the quote bites out of the blue when there really have been many attempts to communicate on the dog's end. Absolutely. It's uh, so important to understand body language for our dogs. We really can help a lot of these situations, you know, essentially avoid them. If we're able to understand our dogs and provide them the opportunity to communicate with us the way that they do and understand it so that we can help them when they are scared with ways to, um, you know, just not be scared, whether that's through positive reinforcement training or changing our, or the way that we're, you know, doing things. Um, and I, I thank you, Christine, for putting that link up there. I do have kind of a guide for folks that 
to help you understand what the what the ramifications should can be and how to deal with if your dog does end up biting someone because I think this is this is something that a lot of people don't think their dog is is capable of or would ever do and then it happens and you know that's when I'm getting a lot of frantic calls from folks that are like you know my dog bit someone do am I putting them down tomorrow like is this the right call and and there it's so much more complex than that in a lot of situations so um, definitely check that out and, and make sure that you're prepared and, and you know how to protect your dog and set your dog up for success um, before that happens. And I know we're, we've been just running away with this body language. So if anyone is in the audience, please feel free to raise your hand um, and come up here to ask us questions about any body language you might be wondering about with your dogs at home. Um, and I know, Laura, I see you in the audience still. If you want to come up here and give us an update about how Mika's doing, you know, you were in our last room and she, you guys had both just had a very bad experience with a dog coming up and uh, you were worried about how Mika was going to do walking by a neighbor's house. Uh, I know you, you checked in with us right after and things were going well, but I'd love to hear another update from you. And like I said, if anybody else in the audience has questions about body language um, and wants to, to talk about something there, we can come on up. And in the meantime, um, Christine, Kylie, do we have anything else that we wanted to throw out there? Well, I wanted to invite Andy up too, because she's been, she's one of our moderators who over time has heard so many of the trainers talk about body language. And I just love hearing, you know, our own process of like, oh my God, I can't believe how much I've learned through understanding body language to hear people's transition and the beauty of learning body language is you can't go backwards after you know what these things indicate, you can't unsee this and you will take better care of any dog that's in front of you. And we'd love to have people share around that. Um, and um, let me see if there's some hands raised, if I can help get people up. I just wanted to touch on something. I just noticed that someone had sent in a message. I think it was Andreas uh, mentioned barking can be happy, playful, scared, aggressive, etc. And 100%, this is one that um, Sarah mentioned earlier. We really have to take the entire dog's um, body into context and barking goes just hand in hand with that where if we're seeing uh, or we're hearing rather our dog barking what do their expressions look like what does the rest of their body look like also what is the um, pitch of their bark what's the frequency of their bark a lot of the time um, something that is a little bit more um, instigating some play could be more um, uh, curt like standalone like hey 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 play with me versus the more um, distance increasing bark, which would be a higher pitch and um, the frequency would be much higher as well. So I, I see Andres is up here now, so you could probably expand on that too, if you'd like to. Uh, yeah, um, hello. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, like when, when, when my dogs bark, like I have, I have three, three dogs that, that we rescued from, from the streets and and they are very different in in how they bark and one when they bark and what they do when they're barking you know like like for example a cheetah a cheetah um always when she wants to play with like reflections she loves uh like mirror reflections on the walls and all of that and when she sees my cell phone and and she's expecting the reflections to show up. She starts barking in one way that I know exactly what what she wants. You know, she she wants to play 
and she wants me to make reflections on the wall so that she can go in and chase them, you know? So, uh, but then there are other times when, when she gets nervous about other dogs and she barks at them, but it's, she's not being aggressive. She's being, she's being, you know, um, she's sharing her state of mind at that point with that other dog so that they are more cautious with her, you know? So, um, there's so many different meanings, you know, and, um, and it, it, it usually comes with a lot of other signs combined with it. What you were uh, talking about uh, to look at the, the entire dog, because uh, sometimes a tail between the, the legs and barking is a very anxious dog, a very unstable dog that may be aggressive because he's very scared. He or she is, is very scared. Um, where, where if, if the, the tail is up and, and he's barking, he might just want to play with you. So, so it's, it's a little bit of a, of a puzzle that you have to put together by knowing your dog, because each dog kind of reacts differently with, with the same, um, body language standards, you know? Absolutely. Every dog is an individual. And that, that's something I know Kylie and Christine and myself all say all of the time, you know, it, they really are their own individual beings. They have their own wants and needs and fears and learning history and genetics that play a role in how they see the world. And as you build your relationship with your dog, you'll learn their body language. You'll learn about their different vocalizations. Um, you know, my, my dog, he's very good about, you know, if, if I'm too busy working and I've kind of lost track of time and it's, you know, coming up on dinner time or something, he'll just come over, he'll, he'll sit, uh, sit by me and he'll just do one bark like, Hey, by the way, it's time, you know, and that's it. He doesn't vocalize anymore, but I hear him. I know what that means. And I say, oh, thank you. You know, let's go ahead and, and get to the routine that we have established. So absolutely, you know, the vocalizations are going to be different from dog to dog. And it also really depends on, you know, what they've learned from us. Are we willing to listen to those vocalizations and learn those different vocalizations or are we going to be mad at them because they're barking while we're on a Zoom call and then they, you know, they get in trouble. And so they are kind of learning, OK, well, this person's not going to listen to me, so I'm not going to have a lot of different communication with them because I don't I don't get what I'm you know, trying to get from them. And, and they're not listening to those types of things. So absolutely wonderful point, um, you know, Andres, to, to come up and share. And I love hearing about other people's dogs and how they how they've learned their dogs and, and what they're looking for and and communicating with them so that's that's really awesome kylie you have anything else you wanted to add oh i was just gonna say it, it almost feels like we need a separate room just for barking alone because there's so much we could talk about um you know the different motivations behind barking and things that could potentially reinforce or potentially um accidentally punish barking things like that so yeah I, my head was just spinning thinking about all the things we could talk on i'm like ah, maybe we should make another room for this topic <laughs> i would i would be there absolutely because because i love it I, and i love 
I love dog vocalizations and just how different dogs learn to interact with their humans. Um, so it's always fun when I'm working with clients, because uh, obviously when I come in, I don't necessarily have that relationship. I don't know all of their different vocalizations and everything. So as over time, as I get to know their dogs and I learn, I just get so excited to have another dog and, and their, the way they live in the world and, and do things. So I would love to do another room on barking. Christine, throw it at us. <laughs> I definitely will. It's and it is such a it's more than an hour topic in itself. And besides the language and what it means, we all as trainers get so many clients that need information about why their dog's barking and the things that they can do to help them and the things that they can do that rather than um, punishing the bark that you know, understanding it and finding the opportunity for that to happen. So again, I, I like you guys, I just want to go on and on about it, but we'll get back to the, the body language stuff of all the links that you guys sent me. Is there some that I haven't posted yet that you want me to put up? Um, and maybe we could do a little bit of a review of what we've covered so far. Absolutely. I think you've got all of mine. Um, and, you know, just in terms of body language, I think that the main thing we can review is that there's a lot. It does have to, we do have to be looking from the tip of that nose to the tip of the tail. Um, and we, we want to make sure that not only we're looking and learning about our dog's body language, but also how our body language can, you know, affect them and, and communicate the wrong things to them. Things like, you know, uh, when we are making I, uh, really sustained eye contact with our dogs or we're very upset about something that they've done, um, that supposed guilty look that actually isn't um, guilt, but just being fearful and, and unsure about why we're upset. Um, we talked about how maybe that exposed belly isn't really an invitation, but actually our dog's just saying, uh, hey, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous or concerned about this situation and I don't want any conflict here. Um, what else did we talk about? Kylie, jump in. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I might just rattle off some like bullet point specific behaviors to be on the lookout for, um, especially for fear, anxiety, and stress. And these are some common ones that we do see misinterpreted. Um, so really pinched tight ears, a furrowed brow, a clamped closed mouth, or maybe a really tight pant or really tight yawn. The tight yawn is often accompanied with a really like sort of high pitched squeak. Um, lower body language, yes, the belly being exposed, a really tight, rigid, jolty tail wag, um, a shake off if your dog isn't wet, um, lip licks, um, uh, the sort of side eye, or sometimes this is called whale eye or half moon eye. Um, this could also be like really big puppy eyes that we would associate with a guilty look. A lot of these that we interpret as one thing, most of the time are not what, what people have traditionally thought them to be. They often are appeasement or displacement behaviors where our dog is just seeking to neutralize something that's making them uncomfortable. And the thing that I'll add um, with being a specialist with puppies, the language of puppies can be so fluid, changing, conflicting, just like a young kid, they're learning how to express themselves. And so 
in the beginning, I don't go into details of body language with my 10 pack clients that have 9 million other things to learn with their puppy. When we are nearing the um, middle or end of our time together, as they, you know, if you have a new puppy, don't worry about everything that we've talked about today with seeing it and understanding what it means and what to do with it with your brand new puppy. Um, a nice thing to do if your dog's older is to pay attention to your dog's typical signals. Like hopefully after listening to this, you guys can take a closer look if this is new to you at what your dog's signals are. And just kind of, um, there's so many resources I can add some more. You can, you can just get on Google and put dog body language shake off signal. And you can find a whole bunch of resources. Like there's one silent conversations that I'll find that every single signal that we're talking about, you can go in and learn about your dog's signals. Pico often will do a pilorectal signal. As I said, he does yawning with photographs. He has a whale eye and knowing your dog's signals and all of my regular clients um, might do some displacement sniffing behaviors or scratching behaviors. And the more you understand that that's your dog's signal for I'm a little irritated or whatever it is, you'll understand the maybe the pressure that you're putting on that's too much or how to know that that shakeoff is helping them be okay. So this is something that over time you'll learn what your dog's saying more and you'll not necessarily freak out about <laughs> them saying something. You don't have to be as concerned as you learn that these things are happening. It's not that you don't want them to happen. The more we can understand when they're happening, why they're happening and how we can have less of them in certain situations. It's, what do you guys feel about that, Kylie and Sarah? Yes, yes, so I was just clapping as you were talking. I'm so glad that you touched on that because it is super important. And with puppies, yeah, they're just learning and absorbing and processing so much um, that it's, you know, we see this all the time in like puppy classes or puppy social classes where we might see a lot of these stress behaviors when they're first like walking over a new texture or meeting another puppy. But a lot of the time it's gone an instant later because they're just kind of getting through things um, and just, you know, making their little associations in their brain. Um, something that I did want to touch on though, you, um, Christine said that there's lots of resources to Google, 100% agree. I do want to touch on um, just being a little cautious. If you come across um, any blogs or resources that are describing or interpreting dog body language and you come across words like pack or dominance or alpha, um, just proceed with caution because a lot of the time it has nothing to do with alpha or asserting dominance. Dominance is a really um, kind of a muddy thing <laughs> that is has a lot of nuance to it. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that. Just proceed with caution if you come across those words. Thank you, Kylie. I forgot to yeah, share. Can, can I add something up there? Um, you know, Kylie just touched a, a, a very important point there because when you Google stuff, uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of good stuff and a lot of junk mixed together. And sometimes it's hard to, to see which is which, you know, and to find reliable sources where to um, find the information that you're looking for is something important in this case is because there is there is a lot of um you know just uh shared uh in chains uh information that you don't know who 
who is writing about this and 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 there's a lot of junk out there i mean i found uh not only in 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 themes about dogs you know but in general you know you you, you have to be very cautious what you google around Absolutely. Uh, and, and definitely, I welcome everybody to, you know, click on my my photo or Kylie's or Christine's. Um, you can also, you can get to our websites there. We all share a ton of information about this. Um, and I did bring Laura up on stage. So I'm going to, I want to get you in here because I, I do want an update on, on you and Mika before Christine wraps up the room. Uh, so give us, give us a quick share. Hello. Uh, yes, I'll be really quick. Um, but I wanted to mention the reason I realized Mika was having an issue at all was her body language because I was walking past this person's house and I looked down and her tail was tucked and she was kind of cautious and looking at me sideways. So, so important to watch the body language and getting to know that for your dog. But, but, um, and she's also a GSP, so something just to mention, she has an upright tail. Her tail's very upright. And so she, to notice that, um, she, it's very unusual and different than other dogs in how they wag, because it is an upright kind of tail, just to keep in mind. But anyway, so since we've spoken, I was very prepared walking past that house. The dog has not been out in the yard at all since we talked. Um, but we did take a walk one day, and the owner was out walking with that French bulldog with another dog and another person. And there was no problem. We gave him lots of room. I keep telling Mika I got her back and that we're, we're fine and we can do this. Um, and making it fun walking by the house, I was doing that anyway. But just long story short, it just we haven't even run into the dog in the yard anymore, but we're ready if we do. <laughs> awesome, thank you so much for, for sharing, Laura. I'm so happy to hear that and I love that. You know, we I could really hear your connection and your relationship with her when you were describing um, what had happened and, and what, what you were hoping to get out of the, the room that day. So I am so glad to hear that you're having, you know, you've you're, you've got it figured out. You're watching her body language. You know how to communicate with her. That's just uh, so fantastic. And, and I'm so glad that you're here to, to give us that update. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for the support. You really helped me through. The timing was perfect. It just made me feel very empowered and able to handle it. So oh. one to Thank you all for that. Thank you. Yay. Conversations. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Laura. So appreciate hearing from you again. Um, I put up another link, you know, so Silent Conversations is a reliable link. And then um, Renee Erdman is another one of our moderators and her dog body language free course is another resource. But as Sarah said, reach out to anyone in the Dog Lovers Club because we've taken the time to make sure that the resources that everyone provides who's in the Dog Lovers Club, that you can trust that. And in this pet industry, there is a lot of crazy stuff out there. And Kylie, Sarah, and myself are all so happy to help you personally to get a trainer in your area for you. If you are ready to learn more about dog body language um, and you need more support, please reach out to us. As we wrap up the room, um, Sarah and Kylie, I'd love to hear what you guys have going on if you want to share anything and just um, look forward to doing a barking one with you guys next time, maybe next month. And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having us again and and just for doing everything that you do behind the scenes to make these uh, rooms happen, to put them out as, as podcast episodes. 
and I just, I love being here. <laughs> so uh, in, when I'm not here, uh, I've got lots of stuff on my Instagram at Smiles Dog Training, and I focus again, like I said, on, on fearful, anxious, reactive, aggressive dogs. So I've got a lot of information there. We talk a lot about dog body language, um, and I do have virtual online courses for puppies, for reactive dogs, for fearful dogs, and just general basic manners. And I also work in person with folks in the Phoenix area. Kylie? Yeah, so uh, thank you, Christine, for having us today. I really enjoy doing these rooms too. I think we're all just such dog nerds that I'm sure we could all talk about these topics until we are blue in the face, but I love having this outlet to talk about this stuff. Um, as for me, I have uh, an Instagram page that I am pretty active on. I offer mostly virtual um, private coaching sessions for dogs and for pet pigs. Um, as far as in-person training, I uh, offer in-person training in the Park City, Utah area. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have anything super big coming up in the future. Just checking away with my clients and uh, spreading information on Instagram. I uh, do a lot of um, a lot of post-busting myths and uh, outdated information. And I'm uh, planning on starting to post a little bit more for cooperative care, which is helping our dogs become more comfortable with veterinarian grooming procedures. So we could look forward to that. Thank you both so much, Kylie. I'm so excited to visit you in Park City when I visit my brother to go hang out and do some pig training with you. That would be incredible. Oh, I was muted. Yes, and it would be so much fun. <laughs> Um, and thank you everybody for joining us. I'll add one more link. You know, we have a ton of the links that we added today throughout. Some of them weren't in order, but if you are listening to the replay, you can just kind of dive into each of those trustable links from any of us, or if you're confused and want more information, be sure to reach out and hopefully we will have a room coming up on there's a whole bunch of rooms in the works that getting a whole bunch of people together can take a little bit of time, but that's my favorite rooms to do where there's a bunch of us chatting. And so we look forward to a room on teaching more about dog barking and all that we need to learn around that. And we would love to hear from you guys on what other rooms would you guys like us to have a group of um, pet pet professionals in our industry come together and talk about please let us know on that you can reach me mostly on instagram messaging is the quickest response that i can get back to anyone and um have fun with your dogs this was fun today guys thank you so much this will be a podcast and you can get on the newsletter list to know when that's coming out at joindogloversclub.com thanks everyone we'll see you next time thanks a lot thank you bye-bye Sarah, can you close the room? I can never figure out how to do it in a timely way on Club Deck. Yes, I will take care <laughs> Thank of it. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. As a group, we can foster a powerful, lasting impact on the welfare of dogs everywhere and enjoy getting to know each other in the process. You can reach Sarah and Kylie and all of the Dog Lovers team at joindogloversclub.com. We would love to have you join our podcast conversations. You can email me at christine at thepuppycarecompany.com or message me at thepuppycarecompany on Instagram. 
to get a link to be part of a future podcast conversation. We look forward to getting to know you and your dogs.